This is Zombie Chickens Podcast, where two heads are better than one, even if they're undead. My name is Megan. And my name is Maranay. And today we are traveling all the way around the world to see the 10 best theme parks of the world. Yes. We thought, while we cannot travel the world currently, mm. we might as well do it virtually. <laughs> yeah, and by this we can actually decide whether we want to go to any of these places. Yeah, I know I want to go to one of these on my list. There's one of these I also really want to go to. Um, which is the one I'm going to start off with. I actually want to go to that one as well. So it's number 10. It is Efteling in the Netherlands. So the Google rating is 4.7, which is quite high for something that's number 10 in the list. That is actually quite high. Yeah, and it's about over 200,000 people that voted. Yeah. Well, it can be because it's the Netherlands. They are very efficient people. (laughs) I don't know, that's the only reason why I can think of it. Yeah, and a ticket will cost you from 38 euros to 45 euros for a day ticket. Mm. Um, There's different tickets that you can buy, but it doesn't state what ticket gives you what. Oh, I've had some of those as well. Yeah, where it, it doesn't say, oh, you can only go on this type of ride. Mm. You you can only go to this places. So it doesn't, it doesn't really say the names or mm. like dragon ticket, fairy ticket and things like that. So I don't know if it maybe only gives you access to certain parts of the park. Because I know this park is really, really big. Yes, because if we think about it, we don't really have... A theme park in South Africa. In Cape Town. We used to. We used to have Ratunga Junction. Yeah, but, but it closed down. It closed down, but it also it's ago. not the scale to what these theme parks mm. are. But it's the only one we it, had. It's the only one we had. There's um it's not a theme park, but there's the um the casino. There's the rides on by the oh, casino. Oh yes, but yeah, but it's, not a, it's, theme park. it's not a theme park, and that's the closest we have, and that's really tiny compared to. And there's a, I think there's a theme park in Joburg, but it's also not the scale. Obviously, not the scale. What? I'm actually not sure. Because mm, I think the roller coaster, the one, the roller coaster in Joburg was it, once rated as the. Is it most, a gold reef? Most probably. Um, I'm not sure, yeah. Gold Reef City. Yeah. Because that roller coaster was once rated as um, the most scariest roller coaster of the world. I think so, okay. if I remember correctly. I, I've, I've heard something about that as well. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard something in those lines. I think the G-force on that is like amazing. Fuck. <laughs> but yeah, so a ticket in dollars would be $46.14 and two fifty four point sixty four. And for our fellow South Africans out there, that would be a whopping 649 to about 767 for one ticket for one day. <laughs> That's actually the cheapest. Yeah. In, from what I've had from on my wha- list. Some, the, some of them is, uh, there's other ones that are a bit cheaper than 
this one but this is one of the cheaper ones on my list as well mm. but yeah so Efteling is a fantasy themed amusement park in Kortsjevel the Netherlands the attractions reflect elements from ancient myths and legends fairy tales fables and folklore it is so freaking cool the pictures is just mm, it's absolutely beautiful it's so beautiful but the park was open on May 31st, 1952. It evolved from a nature park with a playground and a fairy tale forest into a full-sized theme park. It now caters to both children and adults with its cultural, romantic and nostalgic themes. In addition to its wide array of amusement rides, including six roller coasters and four dark rides, it is the largest theme park in the Netherlands and one of the oldest theme parks in the world. Mm. It is twice as large as the original Disneyland Park in California and predates it by three, day, three years. Annually, the park is, has more than 5 million visitors. In 2019, it was the third most visited theme park in Europe behind Disneyland Paris and Euro Park. In 1933, Chaplin, Ritra and Pastor the Klein conceive a plan to install a sports park to the south of Kortsjevel. Kort With this idea, the basis for Efteling was born. Two years later, on, on 19 May 1935, RK Sport and Wandel Park opens. With a main football pitch, two training pitches and a playing field. One year later, a playground is installed next to the sports park with, among others, a stream carousel, a high slide, a cableway and a real pony ride. During the following years, the sports park continues to expand for the important exhibition The Schoon in 1949, which means The Shoe. In 1950, the Efteling Nature Park Foundation is established established with two main aims. The first aim is to stimulate the physical and development recreational activities of the inhabitants of the Loon or Bizant municipality. The second aim centers around the important role of attracting the tourists. In order to attract more visitors in the future, a three-dimensional fairy tale forest with plenty of movement is developed in, in cooperation with the filmmaker Peter Reinders. He persuades artist and illustrator Anton Pick to design the fairy tale forest. Anton Pick makes around 1,500 sketches and drawings for the fairy tale forest, whilst Peter Reinders is responsible for bringing the fairy tales to life through technology. In this way, Meyer van der Heiden, Anton Pick, and Peter Reinders became the founders of Efteling. The fairy tale forest opened on 31 May 1952 with 10 fairy tales in it. The original fairy tales are Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, The Frog Prince, The Magic Clock, The Chinese Nightingale, The Naughty Princess, The Six Servants, The Gnome Village, Mother Hole, and Wee Walter Messenger. The opening of the fairy tale forest brings 222,000 visitors to Efteling, costing each guest 80 cents in Dutch guilder for an entry ticket. Damn. I wonder if it's the Grim Fairy Tales, though. 
Mm. Or a version of the Grim Fairy Tales. I'm not sure, but I've seen pictures of, um, like, um, it's not a root copy, mm. which is Roy copy and um, Red, Red Ride, Riding Hood. Yeah, Red Riding Hood. Anyway, um, so, but it all looks very, no, it looks childlike. It looks like it's a children's book come to life. Okay. Um, during the following years, the park is extended to include a cafe restaurant, a swimming pool, a lake for rowing and canoeing, and some new inhabitants of the fairy tale forest, such as the Sleeping Cook, the Sentinel at Sleeping Beauty, and Hansel and Gretel. In 1953, the new attraction Red Shoes brings 411,000 visitors to Efteling. Only three, three years later, with the opening of the steam carousel in 1956, the number of vis- visitors to Efteling increases to 700,000. Hmm. By 2019, the fairy tale forest has opened its 30th fairy tale. For the first time, visitors can take a boat ride on the back of, a six swan, of the six swans, and the new 4D form adventure, Fabula, Mr. Sandman gives life lessons to a grumpy little bear. But yeah, by now it has expanded from 10 fairy tales to 30 fairy tales. And it also has not just the forest, it has completely different themed areas. And um, yeah, so they have all these themed things. The forest is the biggest point, and I think it's about, it's almost like the middle point of the. Mm. entire theme park but that is definitely the main attraction is the the fairy tale forest which is an actual forest which is really cool that's why i want to go yeah it's it's so it's just magical i would say anyone will enjoy something like this and it's just it's, I, this not, is, it's not it's not just a theme park exactly. when you go see mickey mouse Minnie mouse Goofy, it's like a, a full experience yeah. it's a it's a very more i want to say physical yeah. experience physical in the sense of where you see um fairy yeah fairy, fairy it, tales it's, it's more, exactly I, I i think it's because i find the fairy tale thing more interesting than the rest <clears throat> yeah and I feel like it's because it almost is as if they, it transports you into that world. Exactly. Which is so cool to exactly. think about. But yeah, I, this is definitely one of the places I really, mm-hmm. really want to go visit. Mm. We can go there next yes. year. Not next, next year. year. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever we can. Yeah. Whenever we can. It seriously looks amazing. Mm. It absolutely does. So at number nine, we have Universal Studios Japan. And it has a Google rating of 4.5, which is quite low, though. Yeah. I think. But, any case, and your admission fee, um, the average one-day pass that's between the ages of 12 and 64 is uh, 7,800 yen to 9,200 yen, which is the equivalent to $84 or a whopping 1,181 Point fifty cents. Damn. Wonderful, but it if you're younger, if you the ages between four and eleven, it's five thousand four hundred yen 
or between between 5400 yen and 6300 yen which is 57 dollars and 809 rand whoop whoop damn so <laughs> still expensive still expensive but in any case it's located in osaka and is one of the six universal studios theme parks owned and operated by nbc universal as of 2017 The park is similar to the Universal Orlando Resort since it also contains selected attractions from Universal Orlando Resort and Universal Studios Hollywood. The theme park occupies an area of 39 hectares and is the most visited amusement park in Japan after Tokyo Disney's Resort. Hmm. You would have thought the anime theme parks would do more. Um, I think they would now. Anime has only recently become... Boomed. yeah. And it's not just anime in Japan, it's anime across the world. Yeah, because it only recently started becoming such a universal thing. Because of Netflix. It's 100% because of Netflix. Mm. Yeah. Poor fuckers, they have a lot to... <laughs> to learn. Yeah, so it's definitely because of Netflix and it gave people exposure who would have never... Jesus, imagine Megan, it's people watching anime dubbed in English. <laughs> Sorry, I know. Gag. I, ju- I just, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Inata. <laughs> so no, I don't, I don't want people to think we're that type of anime watchers. God no, we are the hardcore. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't want people to think uh, like, oh, we're those haters that hate everyone that doesn't watch, like, <laughs> doesn't watch pure anime. No, I um. We do. We do. Kinda. <laughs> we judge them. <laughs> we, judge them. <laughs> we do. Sorry I for can, you. I can understand, you know, if you're getting used to it. Because I remember... I get it, yeah. I remember back in the day when I started getting used to watching anime. So you did watch mm. it dubbed uh, in English. But back then, it was your... It was actually very well dubbed. You do get well dubbed anime movies. You do. You do. That is, the studio that is correct. Movies. Yeah. I've... I'm... I'll lie if I say I don't watch some in English. It depends. I oh know. But if, it, if if there's the option for me to watch it in Japanese, I will watch it in Japanese. But I it, I, I feel like I don't want to be that person that judge a person by. But I do. I would ask what where are they in the anime journey, journey first, and if they say no, I've been watching anime for ten years. Yeah, f- no, fuck, fuck you. Fuck you. We're not Fuck friends. You. I'm sorry. You cannot be in my friend group. <laughs> you are a loser of an anime watcher. Go home and do your research and come back to me. Oh We're anime snobs. <laughs> Especially if they're going to say they watch Naruto in English. Ooh, okay. Yeah. That's or One Piece. Yeah, but I also don't want to like hate on the people voice acting because it's not their it's it's not their fault though that's the directions they were given (laughs) but yeah i i I get it (laughs) anyway after our rant the park opened on 31 march 2001 over 11 million guests visited the park in its opening year damn making it the world's fastest amusement park to have achieved the 10 million milestone at the time. Since then, Universal Studios Japan had approximately 8 million visitors every year. Jesus. That's quite a lot. That is a lot. Most 
visitors are Japanese tourists and tourists from other Asian countries such as South Korea and China. Obviously not the North Koreans, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> I don't even think they know what an amusement park is, but in any case, lots of go there. It is also very popular among Western tourists and expatriates. In 2005, Goldman Sachs became the largest shareholder in Universal Studios Japan. On Monday, 29 October 2012, Universal, Universal Studios Japan greeted its 10 millionth visitor since its opening in 2001. That's 11 years. Damn. 100 million, that's a big number. There's a lot of zeros. That's a lot of zeros. <laughs> According to the 2014 theme index global attraction attendance report, <laughs> Let's add it again. Theme Index Global Attraction Attendance Report. Universal Studios Japan is ranked fifth among the top 25 amusement theme parks worldwide, mm. attracting 11.8 million visitors in 2014, which is 16.8% more than in its previous year. That's quite um, a lot, because normally you want to see a 5% increase, but yeah. this is 168 and there's a big increase, especially mm. with that big numbers. Yeah, exactly. Universal Studios Japan currently has 10 sections Hollywood, New York, San Francisco, Jurassic Park, Waterworld, Amity Village, Universal Wonderland, Minion Park, The Wizarding World of Harry Potter, <laughs> and the Super Nintendo World. I want to go there just to go see The Wizarding World of Harry Potter. But I That's, think I'm going to be so pissed because it's just going to be, not that I had Japanese people, but it's going to be Japanese people occupying and working. I don't want to go to Ollivander's and have a Japanese person give me an Ollivander wand. But in any case, what got him must in? Um, in addition to rides, the theme park offers many opportunities to take pictures for popular characters, mascots such as Snoopy, Hello Kitty and the Muppets. There are also various shows on every day, including a night parade featuring illuminated floats that are paraded through the streets. Just outside the park gate is Universal City Walk Osaka, a shopping mall with multiple Universal uh, hotels and many restaurants and shops, including stores selling Universal Studios merchandise and Osaka souvenirs. Furthermore, the Osaka Takiyaki Museum, which is essentially a collection of several popular vendors of the local dish gathered under one roof. It's located on the mall's fourth floor. So yeah, that's Universal hmm. Universal Studios Japan. Yeah, I would I would want to go there because hmm. I've, I've I've always wanted to go to Japan. But I would definitely if I if I am in Japan, I would do that too. Yeah, because there's like yeah. two stones, two birds with one stone. I mean. Two stones, one flight. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Two birds, one stone. Yeah. Um, so the next one, number eight, is Cedar Point in the USA. In USA. In the USA. <laughs> um, and it has a 4.6 Google rating. And then they don't have a lot of information on what the pricing is and i tried to go like go into like the buy mode to actually buy a ticket and it just opened a blank page so oh. i don't know what's happening there i don't know <laughs> but yeah so the only thing i could see is that it starts from about 45 dollars for a day 
admission. And that is about, for the South Africans, that is about 635 rand. Not a lot. It's yeah, not too much. Um, you can get seasonal passes, and I think there's a one that you can get for like holiday passes. So oh. yeah, something like that I saw, but and I couldn't really see what the prices for that one is. And then there's a you can get a, a visitor, so meaning you can oh, buy oh, a ticket oh, oh. and, and then take roam. someone. No, so basically you take someone with you. So if oh. you have a seasonal pause or something, and then you can take a day uh, a visitor. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, something like that. And it, that's a bit cheaper. But obviously, I think you're limited to what you can do. But I mean, $45 for a day pass is not a lot. It's considering, not a lot. Considering the others that I have here, yeah. which is way more. But okay, yeah. it includes some... Yeah, this is one of the lower ones. Yeah, this one and then my previous one is one of the lower ones. The rest is a bit higher. Mm. Um, but yeah, so Cedar Point is a peninsula in northern Ohio located along Lake Erie, as well as an amusement park at the same location. Oh. So it's basically like a little island thing, <laughs> as w w what it looks like. From island thing. Thing from the images, what it looks like. <laughs> it is located near Sandusky, Ohio. Cedar Point is a 364-acre amusement park. Sure. Uh, that is 147 hectare, if for people who... I don't know. I have hectares as well, and it's yeah. not like I know what the fuck hectares yeah. are anymore, because I, I can't remember. I can't remember. Isn't it like 100 meters by 100 meters <laughs> per hectare? I, can't I, don't, I don't fucking know, fuck dude. Fuck, <laughs> It opened in 1870. It is considered the second oldest operating amusement park in the United States. Cedar Point is owned and operated by Cedar Fair and is considered the flagship of the amusement park chain. I did not even know that's a amusement park chain. But yeah, known as America's Roller Coaster, the park features a world record 71 rides, including 17 roller coasters the second most in the world behind Six Flags Magic Mountain. Oh. Mm. Other attractions near the park include a one mile long, which is 1.6 kilometers, white sand beach. Oh. An outdoor water park called Cedar Point, Cedar, Cedar Point Shores, tongue twister, an indoor water park called Castaway Bay, two marinas, an outdoor sports complex called Cedar Point Sports Center, very original, and several nearby resorts. Uh, it is the only amusement park in the world with six roller coasters that are at least 200 feet, which is 61 meters in height. Jesus fuck, that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's tall. <laughs> that's like what, a three-story... Three, so, six, with all the roller coasters that I saw, they gave... On Wikipedia page, on the Wikipedia page, there's a rating of one to five. Five being, uh, what did they say? Five being uh, in extremely intense, and four being also extremely intense, and then obviously one being not me. There was only one on that entire list that I saw that was number two. The rest was four. <laughs> and five <laughs> there was two fours 
the rest was five. Jesus. Yeah, so I think you would definitely shit your pants if you go there and you cannot, you don't do roller coasters. I will wear a nappy then. Yeah. Just in case. <laughs> um, the park is in the top 20 amusement parks in the United States with an estimated 3.6 million visitors in 2017, which is a small number compared to freaking Japan's. But the problem with the Japan is it's, um, again... Japan has a very large population for a very small country. Yeah. America is huge. Huge. Yeah. If you turn Africa sideways, Africa fits in yeah. America. And I think there's a little squig- squiggly bit here. Our, um, Afri- our Cape Town bit that s- sort of probably just sticks out of yeah. it. But again, it America is, is... If you think about it, country. it's the same country with... So many different time zones. How can you have the same country? And I know, like, like that four or five, yeah. if not more time zones. Yeah, so that just shows how big America is. Um, and I think that's why some people think America is, is that's the only place in the world. <laughs> I, can, I can sort of imagine it, yeah. but coming from a country or a continent that's also big. Mm. Yeah, but also... Americans. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Flat world society. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the park also has several buildings that are listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Oh. Mm. In the 19th century, Cedar Point served as the site for a lighthouse and as a port for fishermen. In 1867, the peninsula became linked to a small railroad. This transportation forever changed the rural era. Within a few years, developers began constructing facilities to draw tourists to the region, including bathhouses and picnic areas. The amusement park claims 1870 as its first season when the first bathhouse and other forms of entertainment were built. Cedar Point constructed its first roller coaster, the Switchback Railway, in 1892. By the 1890s, more and more people traveled to see the Cedar Point. When the Cedar Point Pleasure Resort and company purchased the site in 1897, the firm paid $256,000. In the years that followed, more and more improvements were made at Cedar Point. New rides and attractions opened each year and hotels offered overnight accommodations. In addition to tourists traveling by railroad, Cedar Point also welcomed visitors traveling by steamship from Detroit and Cleveland. Automobiles also brought greater numbers. Places like Cedar Point, Buckeye Lake and Sandy Beach Amusement Park offered city dwellers the opportunity to escape the city heat in the summer. In the 1950s, Cedar Point underwent some changes. Part of the area became a bird sanctuary in 1954 and Dr. Dean Sheldon purchased some land next to the road to Cedar Point. This site eventually became Sheldon's March State Nature Preserve. The park faced a major turning point in 1956. Land developers George Roos and Emile Legros bought Cedar Point that year, hoping to construct a housing development. Eventually, the two men decide to keep the park and make it into the Disneyland of the Midwest. This goal meant that numerous improvements had to be made to Cedar Point. 
the amusement park drew larger numbers each year, with more than 2 million visitors in 1965. In the past few decades, Cedar Point has claimed a number of world records. In particular, the amusement park has become known for its roller coasters. In 1978, Cedar Point opened Gemini, which set records as the tallest, fastest and steepest roller coaster in the world at that time. Gemini's record was surpassed by another coaster, Magnum XL 200. It sounds like the name of a condom. (laughs) It sounds like the name of a condom, but also the name of a a dildo. It does, doesn't it? (laughs) Magnum. Yeah, definitely a vibrator then. Magnum XL 200. Yeah. (laughs) Gives you a world of pleasure. In 1989, oh, no, that's uh, Magnum XL200 in 1929. I know. <laughs> oh, what am I saying? Please, I'm just going to reread that whole sentence. Gemini's record was surpassed by another coaster, Magnum XL200 in 1989. For her pleasure. For her pleasure. Two years later, Cedar Point opened a wooden coaster named Mean Streak, which was the tallest and fastest of its kind in the world. These rides were followed by the Raptor, the world's tallest and fastest inverted roller coaster in 1994, and Mantis, the tallest, fastest stand-up roller coaster in 1996. What, what do they mean by stand-up? Does it literally in an, is it a 90-degree angle? Or does it mean you need to stand up in the roller coaster? I don't know. <laughs> See, That's scary. That is scary. <laughs> My legs will give in. <laughs> uh, Cedar Point surpassed all of its previous records in 2000 when it opened the Millennium Force. This roller coaster is more than 300 feet high sure. and once again set the record for the tallest, fastest, and steepest roller coaster in the world. Since 1978, Cedar Point has hosted an annual event called Coaster Mania that attracts roller coaster fans in large numbers. Yeah. I like the name, it's very original. <laughs> Weirdly enough, I feel like a Coaster Mania can also be like, like someone that, that has like a coaster fetish. <laughs> a coaster obsession, and um, they all just get together and share their coasters. <laughs> Uh, I like that idea. (laughs) In addition, the park claims to be the roller coaster capital of the world. With its roller coasters and other features, Cedar Point has won numerous awards, including Best Amusement Park by Amusement Today's Golden Ticket Award on several occasions. Oh, okay. And that is Cedar Park. Nope. Cedar Park. Cedar Point. (laughs) Which is an amusement park. Well, it sounds cool. I, um, I've i seen, it does look very interesting. I've seen some of the pictures of the roller coasters and I already just get this feeling in my stomach that I'm going to... Pee your pants. No. Shit your pants. Shit my pants and throw up my lungs. I don't know, something. Because it, it's scary. There's um a twisty one. Mm. There's the, the the upside down ones. They look the yeah, upside, down, upside ones. down ones. They look very very interesting and very scary. 
and as you can see very fucking high 61 meters high that's very very tall yeah that's a that's a that's a that's big <laughs> that's like buildings a couple of stories yeah big. definitely it is really high crazy Shit. why would you do that to yourself i i would probably do that to myself but i wouldn't i i won't be able to eat that entire day yeah because i think my motion sickness will just be like fuck you <laughs> we're an armband <laughs> yeah fuck i don't think that's gonna work <laughs> uh, so at number seven you ha we have the universal universal studios of hollywood yay <laughs> And it has a Google rating of 4.6. And it is a film studio and theme park in the San Fernando Valley area of Los Angeles County, California. About 70% of the studio lies within the unincorporated country island known as Universal City, where the rest lies within the city limits of Los Angeles, California. That's quite weird, isn't it? Yeah. It is one of the oldest and most famous Hollywood film studios still in use. Its official marketing headline is The Entertainment Capital of LA. It was initially created to offer tours for the real Universal Studios set and is the first of many full-fledged Universal Studios theme parks located across the world. From the beginning, Universal had offered offer tours of its studio after Cole Lamler. We're going to call him Cole Lamler. Opened Universal City on March the 14th, 1915. He later invited the general public to see all the action for an admission fee of just five cents. Damn. Which also included a box lunch with chicken. Okay. So a dinner and a show. Damn. <laughs> for five cents. <laughs> there was also a chance to buy fresh produce. Then, uh, because the rural... Universal City was still in a part of a working farm. Hmm. Yeah. It's not, not just that you can buy, you know, dinner and a show, but you can buy fresh fresh produce well, as yeah. well. Cool. Damn. Go to the farmer's market as well. Uh, the, exactly. <laughs> the original tour was discontinued around 1930 due to the advent of sound films and the stages being not sufficiently soundproofed. I can imagine kids running around and whatnot. <sighs> Universal Studios Hollywood's Backlot had been damaged by fire nine times throughout its history. The first was in 1932 when embers from a nearby bushfire were blown towards the backlot, causing four movie sets to be destroyed and resulting over $100,000 in damage. That's quite okay. a lot. Shortly after Music Corporation of America took over Universal Pictures in 1962, accountants suggested a new tour in the studio commissionary would increase profits. On July 15, 1964, the modern tour was established to increase a series of dressing room walkthroughs, peaks, peaks at actual production and later staged events. This grew over the years into a full-blown theme park. The narrated tram tour, formerly Glamour Trams, <laughs> still runs through the studio active back, back lot, but the staged events, stunt demonstrations and high-tech rides overshow the motion picture production that once lured fans to Universal Studios Hollywood. In 1965, the Warlord Tower opened one of the first attractions in the theme park. One of the early struggles for Universal was coming up with th things for young children to do. The existing small mall park, Kettle Petting Zoo, was expanded to the Ark Park. 
this area encompassed the Mount Ar Ararat Petting Zoo, which, which had over 200 animals and birds representing 30 species and a Noah's nursery and a Noah's love in playhouse for children and animals. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in 2010, the special effects stages and backdraft attractions were closed to make way for the Transformers, the ride, which, which was announced in 2008. On May 7th, 2015, Universal Studios announced it formed a partnership with Nintendo to create attractions and merchandises based on Mario and other Nintendo characters. The following year, the, the area was called Super, Super Nintendo World and was confirmed that it would come to Universal Studios Japan in 2020, as well as Universal Orlando and Universal Studios Hollywood later on. On April 10, 2019, the park announced The Secret Life of Pets, Off the Leash, an attraction based on the life of pets. The attraction was set to open on March 27, 2020, adjacent to the Despicable Me Minion Mayhem attraction. However, Universal Studios announced a temporary closure starting on March the 14th, 2020, to combat COVID-19 pandemic. Blah. Um, on March the 1st, 2021, it was announced that Universal Studios Hollywood would reopen with reduced capacity beginning April the 1st, 2021. At the end of March, it was announced that the park would reopen to California residents on March 16th, 2021. Universal also announced that the Secret Life of Pets off the leash ride would be open to the public on that day together with a new fully articulated version of the Indominus Rex on Jurassic World, the ride. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> so the admission fees. So there's a California resident Universal Express. So only if what? you're... An, yes, only if you're a Californian resident may you purchase this Universal Express one-day pass, which is between $179 and $279. So it depends on the day that you buy it. Holy crap. That so is let's, so expensive. So let's say you go on a weekend, which is when most people are off. Yeah. It's going to cost you 3932 <gasps> rand. For one motherfuckers. day. Motherfuckers. Holy That's crap. almost 4,000 rand. And that's not even with food included. That is just for entrance. So. Damn, that's fucking expensive but that's just if you're a californian um resident oh but the the express one day if i remember correctly this is the one where you can literally do everything yeah but still where you can go day. for so many rides as you want you can bypass the the line yeah but you have to be oh you can bypass the line mm. <gasps> that is so cool but it's that's only the for... express one that's why i need to be a californian <laughs> Now, if you're out of state resident, a one day pass, that's just a, a pass. Yeah. It's $109 or $129. It's between those. And that's 1,880 Rand. Jeez. Motherfuckers. So expensive. Mm hmm. Damn. Well, if I ever do go to America, fuck that place. <laughs> and the expensive theme parks. <laughs> yeah. Fuck um, America with the expensive <laughs> theme parks. Yeah. Like, we can talk like we have on a theme park. Oh, my word. God. Um, okay, so the next one, number six, is Tivoli Gardens, Denmark. Doesn't it remind you of Taps? Yeah. 
Tivoli. That, Tivoli, that, that's the tap name. That's actually what it's called. The <laughs> exact spelling and everything. So Tivoli Gardens in Denmark. The Google rating is 4.5. And then the entrance is... So they have different prices for um, Monday to Friday as well as Saturday to Sunday for weekend tickets a bit, bit more expensive. Mm. As well as if you buy an entrance ticket... You can only go into the place. You can't oh, go on the rides. Uh, Rotonga Junction had that yeah. one as well, where you can just go in and then... Go to the restaurants and the places. Yeah, yeah. if you don't want to draw it anything. Yeah. So it's mainly for like the parents that they want to... Like, yeah. And then you, you have to purchase both. So if you want to do the rides, you still need to p- purchase an entrance ticket. So you, you can't what? go in without an entrance ticket. The entrance ticket is not that expensive, but still. So uh, the Monday to Friday ticket is 135 Danish krone, which is about 312 rand. Oh, that's, that's... That's not bad. That's okay, but that's just an entrance. That's just the entrance. And then for weekends, it is... Uh, 145 Danish kroner and it is 335 rand. So for our Americans out there, let's just do that, which is about 23, let's say 24 dollars for just the entrance ticket. Mm-hmm. Then you get unlimited ride ticket plus, which I don't know what gives you more access to it says it gives you access to different things oh so it probably means that you can um there's probably like that shows or something they so you have can go to show that, that means that you can go to shows yeah they have theaters and those mm. places there so that one is 295 danish kroner which is about 48 us dollars and then for our south africans if I can fi- find it. Probably about what? 800 rand? Uh, 680 rand. Mm, like 100 and something rand off. Yeah. So that it, uh, so you need to purchase. So it will work out about seven to 800. Just to go. Just to go. Okay, but then you can. Then, 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 then you have. unlimited. Yeah. So that is also for one day tickets. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it's not too expensive but it isn't like necessary cheap so you mm. can't you have to always buy entrance mm. if you want to go on the rides you need to buy a ride stick well as it's well. definitely cheaper than the universal studios hollywood oh the, yeah definitely <laughs> i think everything is cheaper than that <laughs> um so tivoli also known as tivoli gardens i'm guessing that's how you say tivoli i, I keep thinking of tivoli yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a, a um, Italian name. Yeah, I thought it was Italian. Maybe it's like a um, borough name. I don't know. Well, it is an opulent amusement park and pleasure garden in downtown Copenhagen. Opened in 1843, it wow. is the second oldest amusement park in the world and the most visited in Scandinavia. With its exotic architecture and lush greenery, the 19th century theme park has long been regarded as a must-see in the Danish capital. And although it is not open year-round, 
Throughout the summer, it hosts live music performances, including orchestra, ballet, and rock band concerts into the night. With a variety of rides, theatres, food stores, gourmet restaurants, arcades, and pavilions to explore, visiting Tivoli is an adventure for adults and children alike. Oh. Tivoli Gardens was founded by Dior, George, 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 without any, George, Georg, probably George, George Carstens, Carstensen, George Carstensen, a Danish army officer in 1843. Carstensen was given a five-year commission by King Christian VIII to create Tivoli. After persuading the king that an amusement park would help keep the Danish people happy because when the people are, mu are amused, they do not think about politics. <laughs> king Christian VIII like granted Carstensen 15 acres of land outside of Vesterport and until the 1850s, Tivoli was technically outside the city, accessible through Vesterport. Carstensen was said to have been inspired by parks and gardens he, visited, he had visited overseas, and Tivoli alluded to the Jardin de Tivoli in Paris. Oh, okay, now I understand. Tivoli's gates first opened on August 15, 1843, and became an instant success. From the beginning, the park featured bandstands, restaurants and cafes, elegant gardens and a merry-go-round, a roller coaster and impressive architecture. In 1874, a Chinese-style pantomime theatre was built in place of an older theatre and still stands today as the oldest original building in the gardens. The fan pantomimes... Pantomimes? The pantomimes... <laughs> the pantomimes at Tivoli remain popular with audience from all over the world. In 1914, the iconic Ritzkebanen roller coaster, why can't they just say that? Anyway, was added as an, as an attraction and it remains the oldest wooden roller coaster still in operation. Would you go on a wooden roller nope, coaster? No, fuck that. I, I, I'm barely contemplating going on a normal roller coaster now. How, you fucking want me to go on a wooden one? And the oldest wooden one in the world. Would you really? No. <laughs> no. It is all. <laughs> I don't even enjoy your pun. No. Um, well, fuck <laughs> you then. <laughs> no, the pun was good. It's just no. It was a silly pun. No, it was. It was good. I like puns. Anyway, it is also one of the only seven attractions in the world that are operated by a brakeman on each train, and is it is a must see. Visiting the park, a brakeman. Yeah, Is so like they physical Yeah, they control the speed by oh, breaking oh, oh, it. Oh, oh. Yeah. Uh, during World War Two, parts of the park were burned down by Nazi sympathizers, and after closing on June 24, 1944, a group of these sympathizers snuck into the gardens and blew up several facilities, including the concert hall, the glass hall theater and the arena theater. The damage was extensive, but nonetheless, repairs went underway and the park only closed for a few weeks before reopening to the public. Hmm. Since then, Tivoli has continued to evolve. 
1844, Carstensen reportedly said that Tivoli will never, so to speak, be finished. And this is evident today by the many new rides and features that are continue, continuing to pop up, including the dazzling virtual reality ride, The Demon, whose cars whisk you 28 meters into the air while dragons chase you. I like that. That sounds really cool. Mm -hmm. But 28 meters, though. <laughs> I'm fine with it if it's a dragon. Oh, true. <laughs> Over the years, Tivoli has served as inspiration for num a number of people, including Hans Christian Andersen and Walt Disney. <laughs> Hans Christian Andersen visited the park when it first opened, and it is said to have inspired his story, The Nightingale. Disney visited the park several times before the opening of Disneyland in 1955, and when he first came to Tivoli, he said to his wife, now this is what an amusement place should be. Oh, but the story of the nightingale, I'm thinking of it now. Is it the one with, um, geez, I remember in my one storybook, there was a story of the nightingale and I can't remember what the story was about precisely. Um, it was... I've a, honestly a, never... A I've... guy that had a nightingale that sang a song and... Um, he got an automated version of the nightingale, if I remember correctly. Because, but I can't remember the whole story. I have no idea. I have, anyway, I've honestly on. never, I've never read it. No. Um, mm, there are around thirty rides, beautiful gardens, and flower beds. A hotel, a dining precinct with more than forty restaurants. Fuck. Concert venues, casinos, and beautiful sculptures and fountains. So they have more restaurants than they have rides. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Many Danish people hold a season pass simply so they can come and sit in the gardens and get a break from the city. I like that idea, hmm. especially if there's a beautiful garden. It is really beautiful. I've I'd, seen. I'd go there the with a big bag, you know, yeah. with, the, with scissors, yeah, like so, you can, <laughs> so you can take like um, not samples, but um, snip, snippets, so you can actually grow from them. Anyway, <laughs> you and that, your that's just me planting things. So the rides, the uh, this is the list of rides that they have. The park is best known for its wooden roller coaster, Rootskebanen. 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 Sure. Or, as some people call it, Bergbanen, the mountain coaster. Bergbanen. I'm guessing that's what it's saying. Bergbanen, the mountain coaster. Built in 1914. So, this is uh, an operator controls the ride by braking so that it does not gain too much speed during descent of the hills. Hmm. Uh, another. You, you just hope that person is paying uh, fucking attention. Fuck yeah. Another roller coaster, the Demon, features an Immelmann loop. Immelmann loop. A vertical loop and a zero G roll all during the ride time. Jesus just fuck. Zero G roll all during the ride time of just one minute and 46 seconds. Fuck me. Jesus Christ. Zero G. 
I, I would shit my pants. You're going to pass but that's, out, but basically. That's the one that chases you for, by a demon. Now I understand why it chases you by a demon, because you're fucking going straight to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That thing is transporting you to hell. That uh-huh. is what it's doing. Uh-huh. It's not just playing, you know, Beatles vinyls from back to front. <laughs> you know, this roller coaster is going to take you straight to hell. <laughs> it's just straight to hell. With, not just straight to hell, with a zero G roll. Yep. Damn, okay. An old roller coaster, the snake, or slangen, was removed to have enough space for the demon. In 2017, Tivoli Garden added an optional virtual reality experience to the ride, stimulating a flight through ancient China along with encounters with dragons and demons. The demon is situated next to the concert hall. So you can either do it by virtual reality. Yeah. If you're too much of a pussy. <laughs> Which would be me. <laughs> I'll take the pussy pause, please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's all so wrong on so many levels. Oh, God. I, I think I would shit my pants in the virtual reality one as well. Not just the real one. <laughs> but anyway. That, that's just no. A well-known swing ride, the Star Flyer, opened in Tivoli in 2006. 80 meters, or 260 feet high, mm. and built by the Austria-based Australian company Funtime. It offers panoramic views of the city. No shit, because it's fucking 80 meters high. Mm-hmm. Anyway. That's high. Yeah. Uh, on 1 May 2009... Tivoli Gardens opened a new ride, Vertigo, a looping plane ride where the riders, the rider pilots the ride, able to control the plane. Ooh. I don't think I trust myself. Straight there. Straight. 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 Oh, damn. A left turn. Straight. Straight. I don't think I'll trust myself with that, but anyway. A Zamperla air race ride. Zampirla air race ride Aquila opened on 11 April 2013. That is so weird. The first, the previous ride was my brother's birthday, now this ride is my birthday. So weird. It is a giant swing and spinner with 30 centrifugal. What the fuck am I reading? Um, centrifugal power powers of the 4G, named after the constellation of the eagle. Jesus, 4G. That's like... What? That's amazing. Okay. The newest attraction is Fata Morgana, which opened in 2016. This is the world's first Condor 2GH, which offers two separate seating arrangements. One milder version with two-seater gondolas and a thrilling version in which riders are slung around at high speed while seated in a ring and facing away from the center nope 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 they clearly want to kill people yeah clearly it's there for the kill not yeah. for the thrill exactly <laughs> let's, see. Hmm, let's, let's see how many people we can kill today uh, i think that they should have like a, a like a like a running theme name like in for the kill not for the thrill yeah Okay, well, at number five, we are going to Universal Orlando Resort. Mm-hmm. And it got a Google rating of 4.7. And the admission fee 
Um, that was quite difficult. Um, I struggled with this one with the um, with the fee. It just says Universal Express Unlimited, and it's all ages, so it's basically eighty nine ninety nine dollars. So basically ninety dollars, okay. which is one thousand two hundred and sixty seven rand. Oof. I can't tell you what it what it gets you. It's yeah. just a universal just... like a pass. But it's a theme park and production studio located in Orlando, Florida. It opened on June the seventh, nineteen ninety. Many of the park's past and present attractions were developed with the actual creations of the films that were based on and featured the original stars and parts of the experience. Steven Spielberg helped create E.T. Adventure and was a creative consultant for Back to the Future, The Ride, Twister, Ride It Out, An American Tale Theater, Jaws, Men in Black, Alien Attack, and Transformers, The Ride. From its inception in 1982, Universal Studios Florida was designed as a theme park and a working studio. It's also the first time that Universal Studios had constructed an amusement park from the ground up, as Universal Studios Hollywood in Los Angeles was mainly served by the flagship studio tour attraction at the time. However, the proposed project was put on hold until 1986 when a meeting between Steven Spielberg and co-founder of the park, Peter N. Alexander, prompted for the creation of of a Back to the Future ride in addition to the already planned King Kong-based ride. Spielberg also noticed how competitive the park would be if it competed with the nearby Walt Disney World and SeaWorld Orlando. In 1993, Jaws is reopened with many scenes altered. MCA Universal announced plans to expand Universal Studios Florida into Universal Universal City Florida Resort Complex, including a second theme park and multiple hotels. In 1997, Universal announced the Ghostbusters Spooktacular will be replaced by Twister Ride It Out, with a planned opening date of spring 1998. In 2020, Universal Parks and Resorts announced the closure of the resort's effective March 15 due to the rapid spread of the coronavirus in Florida, initially until the end of the month, but later extended to April 19, then May 31. On May the 22nd, Universal Studios announced the official reopening of the resort for June the 5th. Universal Orlando Resort reopens after almost three months since closing due to the coronavirus, but safety guidelines implemented in order to prevent infection. The Bourne Stuntacular, which opened, which replaced T2 3D Battle Across Time, which opened on June the 30th. There wasn't really much any yeah. history behind it because it's literally based on based on the other all one. the others, yeah, the two thousand others. <laughs> yeah, you got the shitty part of the list. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I did. I literally did. Uh, well, in number four is Disneyland Paris. Oh, thank God you got a Disneyland. <laughs> and um, it has a four point five rating on Google. So their tickets work a bit differently. So you can buy on a specific date, then you pay cheaper than you would an undated ticket. So you can buy a ticket without a date. So saying you don't know when you're going to go, but you want to get a ticket now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's basically it. That's quite cool. Yeah. So with that... 
that's actually quite cool so let's say if you want to go the weekend but you're not sure if you're going to go you're going to buy the ticket but if you're not going it's like i'll go next time that's yeah actually quite cool. and i think the ticket actually lasts for more than a year mm. i think it's valid for quite a while that's actually so cool yeah it is a it actually is. cool way to give a gift as a gift as well oh definitely that is actually yeah i never thought of that that, that was a cool idea yeah so one <laughs> as if we live in paris where we can yeah. buy each other <laughs> tickets to disneyland paris so one dated ticket on a weekday will cost you weirdly enough the prices on the website was in pounds oh not in euros which is strange but anyway so it is 53 say 54 pounds for a weekday ticket for one ticket and that would be about 75 us dollars which is about just over a thousand rand for a dated weekday ticket and then a dated weekend and public holiday ticket is actually quite more expensive than the it's about 72 pounds so that's about over a hundred and say 102 us dollars and for our south africans out there that is about a thousand four hundred and thirty two rand that's actually quite expensive yeah and then you get also undated tickets so you can this they have two parks in the in Disneyland Paris so you can with the undated ticket you can either buy a ticket that only will allow one visit to one of the parks or an undated ticket that buys you a visit to both parks so there's a difference between that as well and then you can buy multi tickets which reduces your price oh so you can go to both parks you can go to both parks yeah okay cool and then buying multi-day tickets obviously reduces your price significantly if you make sense to buy actually yeah. both and i think the multi-day tickets is also undated or was it dated i can't remember but anyway so disneyland paris formerly formerly euro disney resort is an entertainment resort in chessy france a town located 32 kilometers or 20 miles east of the center of paris Paris. Why did I say it with a T? Anyway, <laughs> Paris. It it encompasses two theme parks, many resort hotels, Disney nature resorts, a shopping, dining, and entertainment complex, and a golf course. In addition to several additional recreational entertainment venues, Disneyland Park is the original theme park of the complex, opening with the resort on 12 April 1992. Literally a one day after my birth. <laughs> 12 April 1992. So weird. Anyway, a second theme. I've seen a theme with these parks. Most of them open like March, May, April. But that's their summer. Oh, that's true. Summer. We have winter. We, we... Isn't there summer? It's spring. No, it's it, basically spring. Yeah, I just want to say, isn't it like here. June? It's supposed to be this summer, mm. June, but that's Americans. This is Paris. Anyway, yeah, but remember, uh, they they have that's the springtime. Is Paris on American? I think it's gonna be British. They're basically more or less more or less the same. Mm. Yeah, 
just we think it's weird because it's it's, it's just, our it's our yeah. um, autumn time which is quite cold yeah a second theme park Walt Disney Studios park opened in 2002 what the hell? <laughs> opened in 2002 10 years after the original park Disneyland Paris celebrated its 25th anniversary in 2017 with in 25 years of opening 320 million people visited Disneyland Jesus. Paris, making it the most visited theme park in Europe. Disneyland Paris is also the only Disney resort outside of the United States to be completely owned by Walt Disney Company. Oh, that's actually quite cool. Mm. Um, so, following the success of Disneyland in California, top of the plans to build a similar theme park in Europe emerged in 1966 with sites in Frankfurt, Paris, London or Milan under consideration. Under the leadership of E. Carden Walker, Tokyo Disneyland opened in 1983 in Japan with instant success, forming a catalyst for international expansion. In late 1984, the heads of Disney theme park division, Dick Nunes and Jim Cora, presented a list of approximately 1,200 possible European locations for the park. Britain, France, Italy and Spain were all considered. However, Britain and Italy were dropped from the list due to both lacking a suitable expanse of flat land. By March 1985, the number of possible locations for the park had been reduced to four, two in France and two in Spain. Both nations saw the potential economic advantages of a Disney theme park and offered competing financing deals to Disney. Both Spanish sites were located near the Mediterranean and offered a subtropical climate, climate, climate similar to Disney's parks in California and Florida. Disney had asked each site to provide average temperatures for e every month for the previous 40 years, hmm. which provided a com complicated endeavor as none of the records were computerized and were registered on paper. The site in Pago, Alicante, became the front runner, but the location was, was controversial as it would have meant the destruction of Marjol, the Pego Olivia marshlands, a site of natural beauty and one of the last homes of the almost extinct Samaruk and Valencia tooth carp. Finally, a site in the rural town of Marne la Valleia. That's uh, the uh, that's close to the Marne River ah. in France. It's one of the it's the longest river in France. Hmm. Well, a site in the rural town of Marne la Villiers, which is also where they make champagne, by the way, it's a champagne region, hmm. mm. was chosen because of its proximity to Paris and its central location in Western, Western, Western Europe. This location was estimated to be, to be no more than a four hour drive for 68 million people and no more than a two hour flight for a further 300 million. Michael A. Eisner, Disney's CEO at the time, signed the first letter of agreement with the French government for the 20 square kilometer, 4,940 acre site on 18 December 1985 
and the first financial contracts were drawn up during the following spring. In order to provide lodging to patrons, patrons, it was decided that 5,200 Disney-owned hotel rooms would be built within the complex. In March 1988, Disney and the Council of Architects decided on an exclusively American theme in which each hotel would depict a region of the United States. Oh, that's cool. At the time of the opening in April 1992, seven hotels complete collectively housing 5,800 rooms had been built. An entertainment, shopping and dining complex based on Walt Disney World. World's Downtown Disney was designed by Frank Gurry. With its towers of oxidized silver and bronze-colored stainless steel under a canopy of lights, it opened a Festival Disney as Festival Disney for a projected daily attendance of 5,500. Euro Disney planned to serve an estimated 14,000 people per hour inside the Euro Disneyland Park. In order to accomplish this, 29 restaurants were built inside the park. 2,300 patio seats were installed to satisfy Europeans' expected preference of eating outdoors in good weather. In test kitchens at Walt Disney World, recipes were adapted for European tastes. That's about it. Uh, but yeah, that is quite funny that um, because um, the Europeans do sit outside everywhere. It doesn't matter if it's literally cloudy as long as there's no rain they sit outside even during the rain they sit outside as long as there's a little canopy above their head that makes sense yeah makes sense and because most of them smoke (laughs) (laughs) well at number three we have disneyland resort okay and it has a google rating of 4.7 and the admission fee, that one is also very difficult to find out. They only have a one-day pass, which depends on the day. Yeah. So I took the most expensive one, which is during the weekend, which is $154. Damn. Which is 2,169.9 rand. That is, no, that's fucking ridiculous. Yep. You don't have to tell me twice. I just want to know how much... So you would spend that to just go in. How much is it? drinks? Exactly. How much would it be to get food, to get drinks, to get souvenirs, Mm. snacks? Like you Mm. can't go there and not get souvenirs. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Definitely. That's like a 4,000 rand excursion. Yeah, that's like two people's salaries just to buy everything. Like a monthly grocery. Mm. Basically. Like, just, like, crazy. Mm, one outing. But originally, Disneyland is the first of two theme parks built in the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, California, which opened on July the 17th, 1955. It's the only theme park designed and built to completion after the direct supervision of Walt Disney. It was originally the only attraction on the property. Its official name was changed to Disneyland Park to, d- to distinguish from the expanding complex in the 1990s. It was the first Disney theme park as well. Mm. Walt Disney came up with the concept of Disneyland after visiting various amusement parks with his daughters in the 1930s and 40s. He initially envisioned building a tourist attraction adjacent to his studios in Burbank to entertain fans who wished to visit. 
However, he soon realized that the proposed site was too small. After hiring a consultant to help him determine an appro appro appropriate site for his project, Disney bought a 160 acre, which is 65 hectares, site near Anaheim in 1953. Construction began in 1954 and the park was unveiled during a special televised present press event on the ABC television network on July 17th, 1955. Now hold your hats because this is getting very, very funny very mm -hmm. quickly. Disneyland was dedicate, dedicated at an international press preview event held on Sunday, the July the 17th, 1955, which was open only to invited guests and the media. Although 28,000 people attended the event, only about half of those were invitees. <laughs> what? The rest purchased uh, forfeit tickets uh, or even sneaked into the park by climbing over the fence. <laughs> the following day, it opened to the public, featuring 20 attractions. The special Sunday events, including the dedication, were televised nationwide and anchored by three of Walt Disney's friends from Hollywood. Art, Linkletter, Bob Cummings and Ronald Reagan. Hmm. ABC broadcast the event, the, the event live, during which many guests tripped over the television camera cable. <laughs> In Frontierland, a camera called Cummings kissing a, a dancer. Shit. <laughs> When Disney started to read the plaque for Tomorrowland, he read part where then stopped when a technician off-camera said something to him and after realizing he was on air, he said, I thought I got a signal. <laughs> and began the dedication from the start. <laughs> At one point while in Fantasyland, Linklater tried to give coverage to Cummings, who was on the pirate ship. He was not ready and tried to give the courage back to Linklater, who had lost his microphone. <laughs> Cummings then did a play-by-play play play of him trying to find, find it in front of Mr. Toad's wild ride. Traffic was delayed in the two-lane harbour boulevard. Famous figures who were scheduled to show up every two hours showed up all at once. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the temperature was unusually high. It was 101 Fahrenheit. Which is useless but it's 38 degrees that's hot that's hot that's hot and because of the local plumbing strike this year was given a choice of having working drinking fountains or running toilets he chose the latter <laughs> i'm happy he did <laughs> leaving many drinking fountains dry this generated negative publicity since pepsi sponsored the box opening disappointed guests believed the, the inoperable fountains were a cynical way to sell soda while other vendors ran out of food the asphalt that had been poured that morning was soft enough to let women's high-heeled shoes sink into it Fuck. some parents threw their children over the crowd shoulders to get them onto the rides such as the king arthur carousel just imagine chucking their kids over people Fuck, dude. In later years, Disney and his 1955 ex executives referred to July 17, 1955 as Black Sunday. <laughs> After the extremely negative press from the pre uh, preview opening, Walt Disney invited attendees back for a private second day to experience Disneyland properly. In September 1959, Soviet First Secretary Nikita Khrushchev spent 13 days in the United States with two requests. 
One, to visit Disneyland and to meet John Wayne, Hollywood's top box office draw. Due to the Cold War tension and security concerns, he was famously denied an excursion to Disneyland. Hmm. Yeah. Since its opening, Disneyland has undergone, undergone expansions and major renovations, including additions of New, New Orleans Square in 1966, Bear Country, or now Critter Country, in 1972, Mickey's Toontown in 1993, and Star Wars Galaxy Edge in 2019. Open to 2001, Disney California Adventure Park was built on the site of Disneyland's original parking lot. Disneyland has a larger cumulative attendance than any other theme park in the world, with 726 million visits since Jeez. it opened as of December 2018. Holy shit. In 2018, the park had approximately 18.6 million visits, making it the second most visited theme park in the world that year, behind only Magic Kingdom in the very park it inspired. Damn. Yep, yep. But it's actually just quite funny how the how Disneyland's <laughs> the opening day. Jesus, it's just funny chaos. I loved, uh, but I know as a kid I've always wanted to go to Disneyland. But now as an adult, I don't want to go. It just yeah, looks it's too busy to too do busy. anything. That's the thing is you it's stand so in queues for basically the really entire. Worth it? Exactly, is it really worth it to stand in a queue for the entire day? Basically, yeah, to go and ride and. Mm. Anyway. Um, so, number two is Europa Park in Germany. And it has a 4.8 rating on Google. And then I'm too lazy to look up the dollars now. But um, there you can purchase three tickets. Three types of tickets. So, there's one which you can purchase so you can go in from 10 a.m. Oh. Which is 42 euros. And then there's one you can go from 5 p.m. Which is... 39 euros and then there's one you can go from 7 p.m which is 28.50 euros so let's say the park closes at eight you have one hour um i think this this park goes to like middle of the night uh, they have what? like midnight things going on what I yeah mean, disney disneyland closes i think at nine yeah so i think this one has like midnight things um i can't because that ticket, the 7pm ticket, is a midnight ticket. That's what it's called. Then I would rather buy a midnight ticket. But then most of the kids are gone already. Yeah. yeah Fuck them kids. Send so, them home. Europa Park is the largest theme park in Germany and the second most popular theme park resort in Europe, following Disneyland Paris. Europa Park is located in Rust in southwestern Germany between Freiburg and Strasbourg, which is neighbor, neighboring France. The park is home to 13 roller coasters, the oldest being Alpen Express in Zian, a powered roller coaster that speeds through a diamond mine, and the newest roller coaster being the Ba Express. Ba. It's literally B A A A Express. Ba Express. A small kiddie roller coaster. Uh, Europa Park has very high capacity roller coasters and attractions, meaning the park can accommodate approximately 60,000 guests per day. It, in, it counted 5.7 million visitors in 2017. It is also the location of the Euro Dance Festival. Hmm. Since 2014, Euro, Euro, Europa Park has 
been named the world's best amusement park by the Golden Ticket Awards. Europa Park is run by the Mack family, which have produced vehicles since 1780, circus wagons since 1880 and roller coasters since 1921. Franz Mack, in 1958, took over the family firm, together with his brother. Together with his son, Ron, Roland, Ronald, Roland, he visited the U.S. in 1972 and was inspired to open a theme park in Germany as an exhibition site for his company's products. Huh. Hmm. At first, the park was plan planned, planned to be located in Breisach. Breisach. It was named Europa Park after Breisach's nearby Europa Wire, a small artificial lake which commemorates a historical pilot poll in Breisach held in 1950, in which 95.6% of voters were in favour of European unification. The Breisach site was deemed unsuitable because of the flooding hazard and the project was moved some further north, where the Max bought the park of the historical Balthazar, Balthazar Castle in Rust. The park opened in 1975. It counted 250,000 visitors in the first year, 700,000 in the second, passing the million mark in 1978. Hmm. So it's very slow with its count, but I mean... But still, it's in it's, Germany. Yeah, yeah and, it's and, European. And, and it's also 1978. It's also like... The time, yeah. The first country themed section was Italy, opened in 1982. Like most of the original themed areas in Europa Park, it was designed by Ulrich Damrau. The Al Alpen Express, Inzian, and Schweizer Boban, Jesus, and Schweizer. Boban rides opened in 1984 and 1985, respectively. The Europe-themed theme was pursued further with the opening of Holland in 1984, England 1988, France in 1990, Scandinavia in 1992, and Spain in 1994 sections. A uh, visitor count passed the 2 million mark in 1991. So it took a, quite a while to grow to 2 million though. Mm. Because from 1 million mark in 1978 to 2 million in 1991. But I guess, I mean, if people can go to Paris, the um, Disney World in Paris, they'll probably go. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's literally a train ride away. That's, that's true, yeah. It's actually quite sad not to go to, you know, smaller um, based theme park i would do that rather than yeah. go to you know disneyland where you again like we said stand there for hours in the sun yeah definitely uh by the year 2000 the number of visitors had risen to 3 million and the hotels had been booked to nearly 98 percent of their capacity huh. the park opened during the winter season for the first time in 2001 2002 in 2011, there were 4.5 million visitors, and by 2012, the park encompassed an area of 90 hectares, featuring 11 roller coasters, five themed hotels, with a turnover of close to 300 million euros and sure. more than 3,000 employees. In 2012, Roland Mack announced investments in the excess of the in excess of. 
60 million euros, the largest yearly investment in the park's history. Jesus, the total sum invested in the park is estimated at close to 700 million euros. Sure. So, on 3rd of June 2017, Europa Park opened the Valetarium attraction. The, attract, uh, the attraction is the biggest flight motion simulator theatre in Europe. It features a queue line with multiple pre-show elements culminating in the main ride section. A film showcasing European landmarks which last for five minutes. The ride is the most expensive single ride investment to date at the park and also features catering outlets, a shop and a toilet facility in the plaza for the ride. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. But yeah, and that's also one of the ones I was with the pictures and everything that was one I was contemplating yeah, like there. I would go there yeah definitely so drum roll <laughs> at number one we have Walt Disney World Resort me which has a Google rating of 4.7 and the entrance fee it's also it depends on the day and if it's a one day pass it starts from $174 and you can get add-ons which is actually quite yeah. cool like a, a park hopper option where you can go to different oh, parks okay. that works out to $201 which is 2831 rand uh, yeah fun so the Walt Disney World Resort also called Walt Disney World and Disney World is an entertainment resort complex in Bay Lake and Lake Buena Vista, Florida, in the United States, near the cities of Orlando and Kissimmee. Kissimmee? Kissimmee! Kissimmee! <laughs> <laughs> it opened the 1st of October 1971, and the resort is now owned and operated by Disney Parks, Experiences and Products, a division of, Walt, of the Walt Disney Company. It was first operated by Walt Disney World Company. The property covers nearly 25,000 acres, sorry, 25,000 acres, which is 39 square miles or 101 square kilometers, or which is half has been used, which is silly in any case. Yeah. The resort comprises of four theme parks, the Magic Kingdom, Epcot, I have no idea what the fuck that is, yeah. didn't even bother to research. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Disney Disney's Hollywood Studios and Disney's Animal Kingdom. Two water parks, twenty-seven themed resort hotels, Jeez. nine non-Disney hotels, several golf courses, a camping resort, and other entertainment venues, including the outdoor shopping center, Disney Springs. Damn. Designed to to supplement Disneyland in Anaheim, California which was opened in 1955, the complex was developed by Walt Disney in the 1960s. The, Flor the Florida project, as it was known, was intended to present a distinct vision of its own diverse set of attractions. Disney's original plans was, to, was also called for the inclusion of an experimental prototype community of tomorrow, which is called Epcot. There we go. Okay. There we go. Forgot about it. A planned community intended to serve as a tested for new city living innovations. Walt Disney died on December 15, 1966, during the initial planning of the complex. After his death, the company wrestled with the idea of whether to bring the Disney World project to fruition. However, Walt Disney's older brother, Roy, 
came out of retirement to make sure world's biggest dream was realized. The construction started in 1967 with the company instead building a resort similar to Disneyland, abandoning the experimental concepts for a planned community. Hmm. Magic Kingdom was the first theme park to open in the complex. In 1971, followed by Epcot in 1982, Disney's, Disney's Hollywood Studios in 1989, and, and Disney's Animal Kingdom in 1998. It was also Roy who insisted the name of the entire complex to be changed from Disney World to Walt Disney World, ensuring ensuring that people would remember that the project was Walt's dream. Oh, okay. That was quite That's sweet. That's quite sweet, yeah. yeah. Walt Disney flew over a potential site in Orlando, Florida, one of many in November 1963. After witnessing the well-developed network of roads and taking the planned construction of both Interstate 4 and Florida's turnpike into account with McCoy Air Force Base, later Orlando International Airport, to the east, Disney selected a centrally located site near Bay Lake. The development referred to in the house as the Florida Project. To avoid a burst of land uh, speculation, Walt Disney World Company used various dummy corporations Mm -hmm. to acquire 30,000 acres, which is 48 square miles, or 123 square kilometers of land. That's fucking huge. Working strictly in secrecy, real estate agents, unaware of their client's identity, began making offers to landowners in April 1964 in parts of the Southwest Orange and Northwest Osceola counties. The agents were careful not to reveal the extent of their intentions as they were able to negotiate numerous land contracts with some including large acres of land for as little as $100 an acre. That's nothing. What? That's nothing. With the understanding that the recording of the first deed would trigger intense public scrutiny, Disney delayed, uh, delayed the filing of paperwork until a large portion of the land was under contract. Which is quite smart, I guess. Yeah, but... Yeah. <laughs> in 2018, Walt Disney World was the most visited vacation resort in, resort in the world with an average annual attendance of more than eight, 58 million Jesus people. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. The resort is the flagship destination of Disney's worldwide corporate enterprise and has become a popular staple in American culture. In 2020, um, Disney World began laying off 6,500 6, employees and began operating at 25% capacity Jeez. after opening from the COVID-19 pandemic. Holy so A lot of people that lost their jobs. Holy shit. Why does why is no one talking about it? Mm, I was actually surprised. I didn't want yeah. to put it in, but then I read it, I thought to myself, fuck. Why is no one saying it? Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. But I mean, that's the massive corporations. Yeah, um, true. And that place is huge. Exactly. So just imagine the workload of the 25% people, people. that's Damn. left with their jobs. That's crazy. Damn. But anyway, that was the 10... Um, Top 10 themed parks of the world. Yeah, exactly. Which, what's... The, I try to Google what's the difference between a theme park and an amusement park. It's difficult to get the difference. So, ma- the main difference I saw was that theme parks have like a specific theme, like the fairy tale theme, mm. the Disney theme, mm. where an uh, amusement park is literally just various rides and things mashed together but okay. there's 
they use it interchangeably with all of these. I know. I, I wonder if it's because some of them have two parks, where one is a themed park and the other one is an amusement Maybe. park. Maybe. Or is it because it's a bit of both? I think it's because most of them is a bit of both. Mm. It, it can't be just an amusement park and it can't be just a theme park. Mm, so it's basically a, a, a mash of two. Yeah. But anyway... So for the next episode, it's going to be the top 10 most dangerous roads of the world. Yes. Mm. Mm, interesting. But yeah, so uh, please follow us on all of our social, social medias at Zombie Chickens Podcast. And don't forget to be a basic bitch and subscribe to our first tier <laughs> in Patreon. Yes. We are working on content for our other Patreons, so, yes, so just keep an eye on that. So all exclusive content will be coming soon. And also, share us with your friends. Please. Yes, please share and spread the word of zombie chickens. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's all for today. Cheers for years. Cheers for years. <laughs>